TII Item 256, January 31st, 2013, iOS 6.1. Welcome to Today in iPhone. Yeah, I like it a lot. Today in iPhone. Hey, Gullet! Oh, yeah! My beautiful iPhone, which I never have out of my hand and that I do everything with and has become an extension of whom I am. Today's episode is brought to you by the TII app, the official app for the Today in iOS podcast. Search for TII in the iTunes app store. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Rob, and this is the Today in iOS podcast. First up, I want to thank Jeffrey for sending in the music you hear in the background. Jeffrey wrote, Hi, Rob. I made this music using only my iPhone 4 with GarageBand. Regards, Jeffrey, whom you can find more music at ReverbNation.com forward slash Jeffrey Jackson. Thanks, Jeffrey, for the music. And folks, I'll try to remember to put the full song at the end of the episode. I also want to thank Doug for sending in the artwork for today's show. Doug wrote, Hi, Rob. Here's artwork I made today on the Framies iPhone app. Regards, Doug in DC. Well, Doug, thanks again for sending in this artwork. Folks, you can see Doug's artwork in the TII app in the extras for episode 256. Or if you subscribe via iTunes on your computer as the album artwork and also as a standalone post in the VIP section and at facebook.com forward slash today in iOS. If you have some artwork and or music you have created on your iOS device and would like to share it with the audience, please email it to todayinios at gmail.com and make sure to include which app or apps you use to create said artwork and or music. In this segment of How Wrong Were They, we're going to go back a little bit in time. And we have the following quote. Quote, I can't believe the hype being given to the iPhone. Even some of my blindly loyal pro-Microsoft friends and colleagues talk like it's a real innovation and and will redefine the market or usher in a new age. What? I just have to wonder who will want one of these things other than the religious faithful. People need this to be a phone first and foremost. But with five hours of battery life, no keyboard, you try typing a phone number on that screen, no matter how wonderful it is, you will want a keypad. And for all that whiz-bang internet access, you absolutely need the phone to work immediately, every single time. Will it do that? So please mark this post and come back to it in two years to see the results of my prediction. I predict they will not sell anywhere near the 10 million jobs predicted for 2008. Richard Sprague, Senior Marketing Director, Microsoft, January 2007. For the record, Apple sold 13.67 million iPhones in 2008, and over 319 million iPhones to date. It is interesting to go back and read what people were saying when the iPhone was first announced. It is amazing all the negative spin people put on Apple and its products over the years, just like they're doing now with Apple. Just saying. For promo codes on episode 255, we offered up chances to win promo codes for the app Check Me Out. I'll be giving out those promo codes sometime in the next week. If you want more info on this app, go back and listen to the beginning of episode 255 for the additional details. This week, we have promo codes for the app Zen Ops View. Here is the review from the dev. John from SD Networks here. To celebrate the new release of Zen Ops View, Coming next week, I'm giving away five promo codes on tonight's show. Our new version will include 
universal app support, finally, and a brand new infrastructures view that will be available as an in-app purchase. This new view will let you view and manage your devices, make modifications to your devices, and view the graphs available, all from your mobile phone or iPad. As always, keep the suggestions, comments, and feedback coming. John, thanks for your review of your app, ZenOps View, and for sending in the promo codes to give away. Folks, if you would like a chance for a promo code for this app, send an email to todayinios at gmail.com and put Zen in the subject line. As always, if you are an app developer, email me if you want your app featured in the promo giveaway segment. There is never a charge for you, the dev. We just need the five promo codes or more to give away. Simply email me at todayinios at gmail.com and please include a 60-second or less audio review of your app indicating you are the dev, and when you send in the promo codes, please make sure to let me know when they expire. Hey, Rob. It's Mike from Phoenix, Arizona. Just wanted to give you a call that uh, iOS 6.1 just got released. Hopefully the jailbreak will be out pretty soon. Keep up the good work. See ya. Mike, thanks for the voice message. And folks, as you just heard, Apple has released iOS 6.1 this week. I want to start off by talking about how to upgrade your iPhone to or iOS device to iOS 6.1 from 5.x. First off, sync over all your photos and videos and then delete them from your iOS device. This is easy on the Mac side, use iPhoto. On the PC side, use what you normally use. But the key point here is to make sure all your photos and videos from your camera roll have been synced to your computer. Then go in and unlock your SIM card. And what actually I should say, remove the lock on your SIM card. You can add it back when this is all done. Next, force quit all open apps. Then go to settings, general, reset, and reset network settings. When your device reboots, go to settings and Wi-Fi and log back into your Wi-Fi connection. Then connect your iOS device to your computer and sync it. Then once it's synced, do a backup and then sync it again. Overkill is my middle name. Once you do all this, then you can do the update. Well, actually, if you're coming from iOS 5.x, you are probably jailbroken, which really means you need to do a restore first to wipe out the jailbreak and then do the upgrade. If you try to just upgrade without restoring, then you will get an error message saying it can't upgrade. And then you click OK, and it says it sees an iPhone in recovery mode. Would you like to restore and update? Then you click on that. Then it will upgrade to iOS 6.1. If you think I'm talking like someone with experience with that situation, you would be correct. I decided to upgrade my iPhone 4S, which was jailbroken, to 6.1 from 5.1.1 and I wanted to see what would happen if I tried just the upgrade. And well, iTunes did not like that. Not surprising. The downside for a full restore and then upgrade is getting all your apps back on there. But hey, that is what all the backups and syncs that I overdid to start with were all about. After I finally upgraded to 6.1, I restored from the previous backup, and a while later, over two hours later, all my hundreds and hundreds of apps finally made it over. Don't forget to relock your SIM card when you're all done. Feedback for this upgrade has been mostly positive. I only had one person write in and say that they had any sort of issue going to 6.1. Yes, there are people on forums complaining, but it is very, very small percentage overall. It is just 
a very, very small percentage of a very, very large number is still a decent sized number of people with issues. Well, guess what? No upgrade to iOS has ever been 100% without issues. I'm still a firm believer that many of the issues, however, are user error or not doing proper prep work as described a couple minutes ago before you start the upgrade. As I have said for the past five years, don't be the first one to upgrade when the upgrades come out, especially if you don't like when things don't work perfectly. Considering how slow the downloads are on the first couple of days of the upgrade, things definitely tend to not go as well early on. If you have ever complained about if the toilet paper should be hung from the top or the bottom, or you don't like how your significant other folds towels, or does or doesn't fold underwear, guess what? You are not a good candidate for early upgrades. Okay, so that all said, if you were waiting for the go-ahead, there it is. Go ahead now and upgrade to iOS 6.1. If you are jailbroken, we will talk about that later in the show. Here is some feedback from some of those that did upgrade. Me. It went great. No issue other than the whole having to restore thing. Working great since the upgrade. No problems that I can see. From George P., he writes, so far, so good. Here's another. Hi, Rob. Quick note. Updated to 6.1. Took about 20 minutes. No issues that I can see. Using a 32-gig iPhone 4S. Regards, Randy in Pittsburgh. Hi, Rob. I upgraded to 6.1. To call someone, I just clicked on a link in their email signature, which had a phone number followed by extension 131. It asked me if I wanted to dial... And, uh, of course, I said yes. Once the phone call was placed, I noticed a red end button on the left-hand side at the bottom of the screen. And to the right, there was a black button with shaded out text that read dial 131. Much to my amazement, iOS interpreted the word extension after the phone number as an extension and peeled off the numbers that followed it to enable me to enter it with one button press. So in other words, when the phone is answered, you have the choice. If it is a person, you can just talk to them. But if it is an automated attendant, you can push the dial 131 button and it will dial the extension. What the system actually did is translate the extension into a semicolon following the number. This means you can enter any number into your address book in this manner and produce the same dial extension number functionality. Perhaps everyone knows about this, but it is news to me, and I think it is very cool. Woody N. Hi, Woody. This actually is an iOS 6. Was in iOS 6.0 when it was released back in the fall, but I can't remember talking about it too much, if at all. And since a new jailbreak is coming, more on that later. We will have quite a few listeners new to iOS 6 in the next week or two, so good to talk about this now, as it is a cool tip. Back to the emails. Hi, Rob. Per iOS 6.1 upgrade, it contains improvements and bug fixes, including purchase movie tickets through Fandango with Siri, US only. iTunes Match subscribers can now download individual songs from iCloud. New button to reset advertiser identifier. And LTE support for more carriers. Complete list of supported carriers is over at apple.com slash iPhone slash LTE. Regards, Thomas. Well, thank you, Thomas. 
And per that last point on LTE, Tim Cook had stated last week that they were going to go from 24 carriers worldwide that supported LTE to 60 carriers worldwide that the iPhone 5 works with with their LTE. And this upgrade is a big part in getting those new 36 carriers that support LTE on the iPhone 5 on board. Now you do need to check the page mentioned apple.com slash iPhone slash LTE to see if your carrier is supported and if you have the right iPhone 5 for your carrier. Remember there's multiple ones there. So go to apple.com slash iPhone slash LTE to see if your iPhone 5 is now supported by LTE at your carrier. Per the reset advertiser identifier, or as Apple internally calls it, the tinfoil hat feature, it helps those paranoid that advertisers can figure out who they are by the apps and ads they have seen and clicked on. This allows you to change the identifier to your iOS device to a new random ID and then change it again and again and so on and so forth. All the time realizing that the guys behind the secrets to getting out of traffic tickets or getting a lower loan rate or providing an online degree, well, they will no longer be able to go through your their billions and billions of ad impressions and zero in on you so as to offer you up a special ad you will not be able to refuse. Either that or put you on some special government watch list. That said, Apple has now made it possible to click on ads and still stay one step ahead of the man. Just saying. One very interesting stat in the Apple press release about iOS 6.1 is that iOS users, almost 300 million of them, to be precise, have upgraded, well, I guess almost 300 million wouldn't be precise, 300, almost 300 million of them, to quote what Apple said, have upgraded to iOS 6.x prior to Monday's upgrade. That is simply an amazing number in five months' time. 300 million iOS users upgraded to the most recent level of the OS. Considering there have been 532 million iOS devices sold all-time as of the end of December, that is 56% of all iOS devices ever. Now, many are no longer working or couldn't be upgraded anyway. So really, it is probably a little over 60% of the active iOS devices that are out there that are now at the latest major revision of the OS. How does that compare to Android? Well, glad you asked. As of the end of December, which is seven months after the release of 4.1 Jellybean, a whopping 10.2% of Android users are now on the latest version. Worse yet, over 59% are on a version that is at least three major revisions old or older. That would be versions 2.3 of Android or older. Ouch. Really sucks to be a developer for Android. Actually, it sucks to be those providing services that might be accessed by Android devices. Just today, I had someone email me about an HTML5 player and it not working with Android devices. When I asked him what version he was running, it was Android 2.3.6. And he wanted to know why the HTML5 player was not working. Um, because you're using an ancient version of Android? That's why. It took all my self-control not to say, dude, you have an Android phone, deal with it, and get used to disappointment. It is like asking for support for Windows 95. Just saying. Apple recently announced its new iPad mini, and uh, people are wondering if a smaller iPad is really necessary. 
Well, here's Apple's latest ad, and you should judge for yourself. We at Apple are thrilled with the iPad Mini. We put everything you love about the iPad in a smaller package. But then we thought, what if we combined the sleekness of the iPad Mini with the rich display of the original iPad? Introducing the iPad Mini Mega. At 8.8 inches, it's the perfect blend of the iPad and the iPad Mini. But then we had a new idea. What if we put everything you love about the iPad Mini Mega in a smaller package? Introducing the iPad Mini Mega Micro. At 8.4 inches, it's a revolutionary mix of other revolutionary things. But then we thought, what if we jammed another size in there? Introducing the iPad Mini Mega Micro Max. At 8.8 inches, it's actually the same size as the first one. Whoops. The iPad family is a rich array of barely different options. And let's not forget the iPad Monstro. At over 100 inches, it barely fits in a door. We're drunk with power. I must... I must buy all of them! That clip, courtesy of the Conan O'Brien Show, which leads us into this next story. And you have to love Wall Street, and by love I mean scratch one's head. Apple releases the greatest quarterly report ever for any tech company. Numbers that every other tech company in the world would kill for. And Apple's stock drops. Then Apple goes out Tuesday morning and announces a 128 gigabyte version of the iPad Maxi. We're talking a minor, minor addition to its product line. And the stock goes up. Yep, you gotta love Wall Street. And by love, I of course mean shake one's head. Oh, I guess I should mention it greater detail, Apple put out a press release about a new version of the iPad, a 128 gigabyte version. The pricing will be $100 more than the 64 gig version of both, for both Wi-Fi and cellular models. This new version will be available on February 5th, just in time for Valentine's Day. This version had been rumored for about two days when someone noticed in iOS 6.1 code, the beta code, that was released just before the actual release of 6.1, that there was a provision for a 128 gig version of the iPad. For those that the iPad is your computer, doubling of the storage space, I can see a big plus for you, especially if you can't always rely on the cloud to get your documents. Kudos go out to the Twitter user iNeal, I-N-E-A-L, who seems to be the first one to notice the code calling out the higher storage option of the iPad. 9to5Mac gets kudos for getting the pricing right before the official announcement. Hey, if I'm going to slam blogs for bogus reports, I also need to give kudos for the few that get it right and when they get it right. Now, some may wonder exactly what Apple's reasoning is for releasing the iPad Maxi Mondo or whatever you want to call the new 128GB iPad. Some would say it is for college students, others for government use, others say it's for enterprise use, and others it is geared towards the video producers. Regardless of what niche this is for, one thing is certain. The timing of the release was geared towards Microsoft, who next week will also be releasing the Surface Pro tablet on February 9th, just four days after the iPad Maxi Mondo is released. Microsoft, I guess, is releasing it on Saturday so that people have a chance to wait overnight. 
<laughs> yeah. Anyway, the $899 Surface Pro will have 64 gig of storage, or should I say 64 gigabytes of storage chips. Actual storage that the user can, you know, use? That is, well, just 23 gig. That's right. Just 36% of the storage is available to the user. At $799, the iPad Maxi Mondo, on the other hand, has over 120 gig of storage available for the end user to, you know, use. Or about 100 gig of extra storage compared to the $899, 64 gig Surface Pro. Of course, for another $100, the Surface Pro users could upgrade to 128 gig of storage chips, which would give them around 87 gig of storage. You know, sometimes Microsoft makes it really, really easy for me to trash them on the show. It does seem Microsoft has found one way to help the Surface Pro versus the iPad, and that is by not releasing Microsoft Office for it. When Bomber was asked about the iPad and Office, he gave a terse or bomberish reply of, quote, I have nothing to say on the topic, unquote. Still, there are rumors out there that Office for iOS was coming in March of 2013. We shall see. In the meantime, Pages, Keynote, and Numbers will allow you to open Word, PowerPoint, and Excel documents, respectively. I use those three on my Mac and get along just fine with those. But still, it seems with no Office for the regular Surface and the poor sales of the Surface and likely poor sales of the Surface Pro, plus Microsoft not wanting to give Apple 30% of the sales revenue of Office via the App Store, it's likely it will be a while before we see Office officially for the iOS, regardless of that March 2013 rumor. Hey, while we're talking about rumors, let's talk about more rumors, because they're kind of getting crazy again. First, with the release of the iPad Moxie Mondo, it likely now means the iPad 5 will not launch until the fall, which is a rumor, alongside the next iPad mini, which is also a rumor that they'll be launching in the fall. That also likely means an earlier release of the next iPhone, the iPhone 2013 or iPhone 5S or iPhone 7 or 6 or whatever you want to call it. Since I do think Apple will try to space the release this time around, I, I don't think they want to end up with having the iPads and the iPhones releasing at the same time. And that would mean we should start seeing images of components in 3, 2, 1. And yep, here is the first one from a French site called NowhereElse.fr. And they have photos of what they claim to be the new speaker enclosure for the next-gen iPhone. Which is kind of like when you hear an archaeologist or a paleontologist finding a single bone or bone fragment in a cave and saying, the person it belonged to is a new species of humans and they look like this. Huh? You got that from a single bone from a finger? How? Heck, how did you even know it was from a human? or even a finger for that matter. Which leads us back to this case about how did they know it's from a next-gen iPhone. Oh well. These had to start. The next round of rumors uh, comes from iLounge, and given some recent hits from the rumor side from iLounge, I figured I would mention it. And they say they have a photo of the low-cost Brick Nation iPhone. This is a plastic iPhone. Essentially, it is the iPhone 5 screen size-wise, but with a cheaper case and probably other corners are cut. 
not the corners of the device, but lower cost components is what I'm talking about. Like say a lower cost camera module or maybe a lower cost speaker module. Essentially, iLounge is saying it will be a plastic cross between the iPhone 5, iPod Touch, and a shape that is similar to the iPad Classic. Again, this will be geared probably to start in China. Can you say China Mobile? Then probably out to the other BRIC nations and other developing nations, or places where there is no phone subsidies. I really hate mentioning this as I really did not believe in the low-cost iPhone but given iLounge's recent history with rumors and a pick, and, well, Wall Street's begging for Apple to expand iOS market share at all costs, well, it looks like it might actually happen, and sometime in the first half of this year. Of course, it is tough to know which rumors to believe, and like I said, it has been crazy lately. Luckily, the folks at CNET actually put together a list of recent next-gen iPhone rumors, and here are the ones just from the past 10 days. One, low-cost iPhone, the plastic iPhone I just mentioned. Two, images of next-gen iPhone parts, the ones I mentioned before that. Three, upgraded iPhone rear camera to 16 megapixels. Four, renderings of what a 4.8-inch iPhone would look like. Five, a bigger iPhone coming this year. And six, the 4.8-inch iPhone coming in June. And that was just in the last 10 days. Earlier this month, there were another dozen or so rumors, everything from new display tech to an iPhone mini to, well, you get the picture. It is crazy times on the rumor front. As always, only time and some leaked photos from an Apple supplier will tell. Hey, Rob, it's Rob. In episode 253, we had a caller asking about spoken Siri notifications, and um, I found one at uh, Cydia called Aloud, A-L-O-U-D. I think it's from the Hack Your iPhone repo. You know, this anything that has a notification on your phone uh, will come out as Siri instead of whatever sound you apply to that notification and has 36 languages. Uh, works with Bluetooth. You can also choose the apps for it not to interrupt and reverse that. You can choose which ones to interrupt. Go check it out. Keep up the good work. Into the email bag we go. Hi, Rob. For the guy who didn't want his filtered photos to save on Twitter and Instagram, on Instagram, go to your profile. Then up in the top right corner is settings button. And in there is save to library and a switch that can be turned on or off. If turned off, the filtered photos won't save to the library. Regards, Jesse. Well, thank you, Jesse, for that answer. Back to the emails. Hi, Rob. I have a few answers for the person trying to edit with voiceover on the iPhone. It takes some getting used to, but it is indeed possible. If the person is comfortable with editing text on the Mac, an iMac was indicated, so I, I'm assuming... The cursor moves in the same way. Use the rotor gesture. Take two fingers on the screen, hold your phone steady, and rotate your hand as if turning a dial until you hear the desired element you want to move by words, characters, or lines. Then flick up or down to move forward or backwards by that element. To quickly jump to the top or bottom of a text field, double tap and voiceover will announce where the insertion point is moved to. Can't help 
with touch typing and Zoom, but can shed some light on why the iPhone and Mac voices are different. Copyright aside, it comes down to specs. Alex, the default Mac voice, takes up quite a bit of memory and processor power, and that is why he's not on the iPhone here just yet. Here's hoping he'll be there soon. What I cannot seem to figure out is a good and reliable way to pinch on the iPhone for selecting stuff to cut and paste. People say rotoring is one of the more complex gestures. I beg to differ. Thanks again, Rob. Sincerely, Chelsea. Hi, Rob. In episode 255, you responded to a request for a recommendation on learning iOS programming. I have recently started down this path and can recommend lynda.com. That's L-Y-N-D-A.com. It is a paid solution, but I have found the video tutorials to be of an exceedingly high quality. If folks looking into this have a programming background, specifically C++, C Pound, or Java, I can recommend that their regular subscription would suffice. The higher level subscriptions allow you to download the code samples provided by the instructor, but I have found that these are not needed for me. By the way, my 11-year-old daughter was very disappointed to hear your news that Lego Mindstorm will now be supporting iOS when I told her that Daddy was going to make her play with these so that he can help. Warmest regards, Mike P. Thanks all for the feedback. While most of the press was beating Apple up this past year about its supply chain and suppliers in their supply chain to be more specifically, they barely, if ever, gave Apple credit for being out in front and holding their supply chain accountable for workers' violations. Well, in Apple's supply supplier report they just released, they indicated they found one of their suppliers to be using underage workers and they fired them and cut ties and then turned them into the authorities. Sure, reports like this don't sell papers or drive blog traffic, so kudos to CNET for covering the story. A quote from Apple, quote, Underage labor is a subject no company wants to be associated with, so as a result, I don't believe it gets the attention it deserves, and as a result, it doesn't get fixed like it should. Unquote. Jeff Williams, Apple Senior VP of Operations. Again, kudos to Apple for having the wherewithal and the moxie to not only do something about labor issues, but also report on those issues when they discover them. When I was at CES, it seemed everywhere I looked, there were iOS accessories, which makes sense because I was really just at the iLounge area. However, it does seem that was also a theme throughout CES as a whole. At a spotter, whoever they are, collected data on 3,200-plus exhibitors at CES this year and discovered that roughly 18% or one-fifth or two out of ten were in the biz of making accessories for iOS devices. They found 937 different accessories from not 590 different manufacturers at CES. Not that each manufacturer had 937 different accessories, but between the 590, they had 937 accessories combined total. 25% of those accessories were speakers, and another 25% were cases, and that leaves 50% for whatever. I know I saw a couple of electronic stimulation devices for women, if you know what I mean, that were controlled by the iPhone. So many comments I could do there, I'm just going to walk away from that one. I'll talk about more of what I found at CES in future episodes, but it is interesting to see that CES is so influenced by iOS accessories. 
should make it easy for me to get a press pass again next year. So do you have an iPad mini? Well, CNET just put out a post titled 25 Essential iPad Mini Tips. And I'm going to go over each and every one of them in great detail right now. Or you know what? Why don't you just look for the link titled 25 Essential iPad Mini Tips in the show notes for episode 256 over at todayinios.com. And that way I don't get angry emails about reading off 25 tips on the show. Plus, most of them have been talked about previously on the show. But if you are new to the iPad and iOS, it is a good read. Hi, Rob. I'm looking for a screen screen capture program. It doesn't just capture what you see on an iOS screen. It's what's on the entire screen. For example, you see the web page open, and uh, you have to scroll to see the whole thing. I'm looking for a screen cap program that would capture the entire contents of the screen, not just what's visible. I've seen programs like this on the PC, but not on the iOS. Thank you. Well, I'm guessing that Evernote's probably going to be your best solution if you're just looking to do it for what's on websites and browsing. And the Dolphin app now has Evernote built into it. So if you get the Dolphin app, which is a browser, free browser, and then get it set up for Evernote, I think that'll do what you want it to do. If anyone else has a suggestion, a better suggestion, 206-666-6364. That's 206-MOON-DOG. Or send an email to todayinios at gmail.com. Back to the email bag. Hi, Rob. Per episode 255 and speed test in China, I used the app SpeedTest, which I used to test 3G speed in China. It resulted in a download speed of 1.8 meg and an upload speed of 0.26 meg. This was inside an office building in downtown Best regards, Bertie. Bertie, thanks for the results. Hi, Rob. I'd like to ask you and the listeners if you can give me some advice on getting an iPhone 5. Me and the wife both are using the, an iPhone 4, grandfathered, unlimited data, unlimited text, 1,400 shared minutes with a family plan on AT&T, bills around $200 a month for the two phones. Are we going to feel a great difference between the iPhone 4 and 5? Which deal will you or your listeners suggest? Change carriers, AT&T office, Radio Shack upgrade, AT&T web upgrade, buy new ones with new contract with AT&T, and then sell the iPhones on eBay? What is it that you suggest? By the way, existing iPhone 4s are in excellent condition. Best regards, Louis A. from Anaheim, California. Hi, Louis. Yes, you're going to notice a big difference in speed between the 4 and the 5. Per which plans to get and which carry to use, that's really going to depend on how good your coverage is now where you live with AT&T if you want to change to Verizon or Sprint. Uh, If money is a bigger issue and you want a lower cost plan, then Sprint seems to be a better plan. But again, you're going to need to look into it. Sprint seems to be the cheaper of the three big carriers. So if you're looking for the lowest cost, maybe look at Sprint. But if connectivity and coverage is more important, then you need to look in your area and research and find out which carrier offers the best coverage for where you're going to be using it. Now we'll open that up to anyone in the Anaheim, California area. Which carriers do you use if you're in that area and which do they work well or not work well? And I guess, you know, that's going to be to you, Lewis. You sounds like you've been on an iPhone in that area for quite some time. And do you like AT&T? If it's working great for you, stick with them. 
per the upgrades, again, yeah, you're going to notice a big difference between the 4 and the 5. Absolutely. Once you do upgrade from the 4 to the 5, then what you want to do is contact AT&T and ask them to unlock your iPhone 4s. That way, you're going to get more money on them when you sell them on eBay. And since they are with AT&T, they're GSM. And GSM, un unlocked GSM phones will get you the most money versus, say, an unlocked uh, Sprint phone or CDMA phone, I should say. Um, and definitely get you more than a non or still locked phone. So definitely after you do the upgrade to 5, if you go that route, contact AT&T, ask them to unlock your old iPhones. By the way, I'll say this. If you're going to sell them on Craigslist, if anyone's going to sell their iOS devices on Craigslist, there have been more and more reports of people getting mugged and robbed when they go to sell their devices on Craigslist. My recommendation is when you're selling on Craigslist, you do not have the people meet you at your house. Have them meet you at the local police parking lot. Find a local police station and have them meet you at the police parking lot. If they're not willing to meet you at the police parking lot, then you kind of know something's up. So my recommendation, if you are selling on Craigslist, be smart and have the person meet you at the local police station. Hey, we need to talk about a Kickstarter project. This week, there is one called Vendetta Online. Initially on this one, they had less than $1,000 pledged on the 18th. By the 30th, they were up to 28000 and they have a goal of 100000 this one actually has another 24 days to go, uh, expiring on the February 24th at 7 p.m. So looks like they're on pace to hit their goal. What is Vendetta Online? It is an existing independent cross-platform space MMORPG that they would like to drastically expand and bring to the iPad. MMORPG, of course, stands for Massively Multiplayer Online Role-Playing Game. And well, if you knew what that acronym meant when I said it, then you should check out the Kickstarter project by searching for Vendetta Online, two words in Kickstarter. If you needed me to explain it, then this one is likely not for you. Some nice posts going around about Apogee equipment for recording music on an iPad and also about IK Multimedia for all their equipment for the iPad. Both of these companies are turning the iPad into your digital hub for creating quality music. What I would love to see is some of your setups out there. Have you added equipment for making music with on your iPad from either of these companies or others? Send in your pics and descriptions for your setup and links to your site. And I will put up some posts on todayinios.com about your setups. Also include some music you've created or let me know of past shows when I featured your music and I will link to those episodes or add in to new ones. I am a firm believer that the iPad is more than a consumption device. It is a creation device and would really like to showcase how some of you have used it as such. So again, if you're creating music on your iOS device and have a bunch of external components accessories, whatever you want to call it, music accessories for your iOS device, please send pictures and explanations of your setup. My email, of course, is todayinios at gmail.com. Breck from Brisbane, Australia. My first app got approved. Uh, the game's a, a laser game. It's, a, it's called Laser Invaders, and it actually requires a laser pointer as a, a mandatory accessory. So I think that's a, a first for the App Store and something different. Uh, it's a very simple game. Uh, it's maybe a novelty that you could compare to a face changer. It's very processor-hungry, 
and if I had my way, it would only be available for iPhone 5 with iOS 6, but uh, since you're unable to disqualify certain models as a developer, I wasn't quite able to narrow down the amount of people that can download it as I would like. But uh, oh, I'm surprised it's in there at all. But anyway, give it a go. Cheers. Brent, thanks for contacting us about your app, Laser Invaders. It is a free app, and he recommends it only for those with an iPhone 5 because he says it's very processor hungry. Back to the email bag. Hi, Rob. I have heard you talk about Straight Talk and wanted to know if I can take my iPad over to them. Do I need to get it unlocked? I have two. Regards, Lawrence. Lawrence, I'm not sure. First off, I guess it's going to depend on if it was an AT&T iPad. And if anyone has been able to get their AT&T iPad to work on Straight Talk, please let us know and let us know what you needed to do and how much it is costing you to be on Straight Talk and what that plan gets you. 206-666-6364, that's 206-Moondog, or send an email to todayinios at gmail.com. Back to the email bag. Hello, Rob. Two app reviews, comments I wanted to throw out there. The first is for a game called iAssociate2. And this is a word association game where you have to not think too hard, but figure out what words are associated to what other words. Example, five letters associated with a computer and fruit equals apple. Takes me a while to complete a level, so I am fine with the free ones they give. Although I did buy the apple-themed level and had a lot of fun with it. Always happy to support a dev willing to make a game voiceover accessible. And these guys certainly have. There are two voiceover modes for those new and experienced and the game. And a sound is played every time a correct word letter is inputted. Awesome for a college student like me who doesn't have a lot of time. Check it out. Again, that game is called I Associate 2, with 2 being a space between the end there. Some comments uh, on look tell money reader app that you mentioned it really works brilliantly unlike some other apps claiming to do the same thing this one uses object recognition video and stills to find the money so you don't have to worry about alignment and trying to get a good photo save me many times when i lived in an apartment over the summer i could give the pizza guy the right tip regards chelsea chelsea thanks again for your feedback for those of you with the TII app, you have received or should have received a push last weekend telling you of a free app to get while the getting it was good, and that was the app Gridly. What is so special about this app that I had to send a push out? Well, let me read one of the reviews. Quote, the title of the review is full of secrets. At first glance, this game might seem quite underwhelming. But stick with it and you'll find a number of features under the bland exterior that make this game so fun, it's almost as if you're playing a whole lot of completely different games, unquote. See, with this app, you can play a whole lot of different games, a whole load of different games, by side-loading the game's boot ROMs, as in a bunch of classic arcade ROMs. First off, major kudos to Brent for the heads up. Per the status of the app, well... For some strange reason, it is still up on the iTunes App Store right before I started recording this, which just meant, or must mean, someone from Apple that makes the calls to yank apps like this, they're on vacation this week. That is about the only reason I can see this still being up there. 
Anyway, it is free and is likely up there for a very limited time. And if you own an arcade or just like old-time arcade games, search for Gridley, G-R-I-D-L-E-E, in iTunes App Store. It's a free app. Get it while the getting's good. For those with the app, there is a link in the show notes titled How to Load ROMs into the Gridly MAME Emulator app. Check that out for more info on how to do that. I also hope to get a tutorial up on the TII site as well. Again, no jailbreak needed for this. Thanks to Robin for sending in that link for the video and also for mentioning she was able to get Pitfall 2, which isn't Pitfall 2, but a cheap knockoff from www.rom-world.com. If you have gotten uh, ROMs that have worked with the Gridly app, please email me uh, the info on which ROMs you were able to get to work and where you got them from. I will pull them together, all the feedback together in the tutorial I put out. Send that info to todayinios at gmail.com. Uh, one more tip from Robin. When searching for ROMs out there, Google 0.139U1 space ROMs. So Google 0.139U1 space ROMs to find some of the ROMs that are out there for this. And again, please let me know which ones you were able to get to work and where you got them. All right, time to talk jailbreaking. Because most likely sometime between when this episode, episode 256, went live and when the next episode, 257, goes live, the long, long-awaited jailbreak for iOS 6 will finally be released. That's the untethered jailbreak. There is already an official site. It's at evasi0n.com. evasi0n.com, evasion. The jailbreak is not yet live, but again, it will be shortly. So what will the jailbreak work on and what do you need to do to jailbreak? Well, they have given some info on that already. You will need, quote, five minutes of your time, a computer running Windows XP as a minimum, Mac OS 10, 10.5 as a minimum, or a Linux x86, x86 underscore 64, an iPhone, iPad, or iPod running iOS 6.0 through 6.1, you should check your vert. You'll, you'll know if you've got it. Um, and a USB cable to connect the device to the computer, unquote. So yes, any iOS device running iOS 6.x, if you, well, currently, if you are jailbreaking now, you will need to restore your device and then upgrade to iOS 6.1 before you do the jailbreak. Again, you must remove the jailbreak to upgrade so that you can jailbreak. Note, if you are unlocked and did the unlock via jailbreak, stay away from this for now. Actually, I will say this. Don't be one of those that do the jailbreak right away. I know many of you are itching to do it, but the first few days of a new jailbreak are the times when things go well, not so well, at least traditionally. Usually there are a few updates right away. I say wait at least a week. Better off, wait two weeks. I'll be putting out a tutorial, as I always do, once this is live and it is looking like it is working okay. My tutorial will not be the first one out there, but typically my tutorials are pretty easy to follow for anyone at any tech level. They're usually very click by click. Here's what you got to do. 
Here is the big issue of jailbreaking right away. Too many people do it. And that causes issues with Cydia having its servers overloaded, and that causes all kinds of issues during the jailbreak. If you are someone that needs your iOS device for work, wait until after my next episode, or better yet, wait at least two weeks from when it is released. Let all the crazies get theirs done first. And please don't email me for help prior to the next episode if you brick your iPhone because you did not listen. Anyone who has an issue with their jailbreak and sends me an email before the next episode, I will read your email in a mocking manner. I myself will likely be waiting a few days before I do my jailbreak. Finally, if you're not going to heed my warnings, make sure you back up and get all your photos off your iOS device before you do the jailbreak. Remove the unlock on your SIM card. And well, good luck and report back to me if you do jailbreak and how it went for you. I will not, repeat, will not be sending out a push when the jailbreak is available. I did that in the past and people mistook the push to be me saying, hey, it's okay to jailbreak. And then they had issues and then nasty emails did they come which is also why I do not send out pushes when there's upgrades to iOS either. So when iOS 6.1 came out, I did not send out a push. Again, I wanted to make sure it was going well before I talked about it, which it is. Next episode, I hope to be talking about the jailbreak and how it's working well. But until then, again, until then, please be patient and wait. Let me and others be your guinea pigs. Don't go out and upgrade to the next jailbreak, especially if you're not technical and you don't like when things go wrong. Because if you go to do the jailbreak on the very first day, there's a good probability things will go wrong. Hey, Rob, this is Mickey. I wanted to suggest that in your TI application, you um, get it organized so that uh, if a uh, person need, wants to click on any of the... Um, apps you could click on them the problem is i'm well i'm blind but i don't know if that really has much to do with this i th suggestion um and the thing is though when voiceover reads your show notes it just reads the whole thing in one big block and you can't listen to it line by line or anything like that so i was wondering if you could look at that possibility for me i'd very much appreciate it thanks for your shows goodbye thanks for the feedback in the tii app it's supposed to work already with voiceover, and, and again, if it's not now, it means that we broke something along the way. But there is an extras that's in, when you're in the play screen in the lower right side, there should be, there's a little E. Uh, hopefully that still works with voiceover, and that'll take you to the extras where then there's a list of links for that episode. And at the bottom of that list of links will be the apps that I talked about. So any app I talk about should be in that link list. And again, if you find the little E in the bottom right or near the bottom right uh, above the tabs, uh, that'll take you to the extras for the episode and then go to the link list. And then at the bottom of the link list will be all the apps. By the way, folks, if there's things about the TII app you don't like, email me. I need feedback from you guys to bring to the devs to say, hey, here's what people are saying needs to be improved on the app. So again, if there's things you don't like, if you don't like that when you 
click on a link and it takes you there and you click done and then it takes you back out to the main screen and then you got to click on the E and then go to the link list again and then go find that. If you don't like that workflow, email me and let me know. If you don't like the fact there's a little E in the lower corner and you think that the extras should be, oh, I don't know, in the tab that says extras, not this little hidden E in the bottom right, let me know so I can present that to the devs and say, hey, look at all these people complaining about how the app works. We really need to improve it. Again, if there's anything else in the app you don't like, let me know what that is, and we'll work on getting those things improved. Into the email bag. Hi, Rob. We recently returned from an 11-day vacation through Washington, Oregon, and California, with the highlight of the trip being four days at Disneyland. Two days into the trip, the cable charger connector for our older Garmin died, the nice but clueless young man at Best Buy told us said cable was no longer available. Untrue, it's in the mail. Anyway, since we had two iPhone 5s and one iPhone 4S between the, th the adults, we decided to try Apple Maps, Google Maps, and Motion X GPS equally on the trip. All three apps had equal success and failure, which surprised us. All three had features we liked and disliked. There were no horrible disasters, just continuous frustrations with all three apps. Our favorite navigation tool is still the Garmin, and it will be ready for the next trip this spring. P.S. I loaded the retired 3GS and second-gen iPod Touch with preschool activities and games. They were a huge hit with the grandkids, two and five years old. Regards, Brenda. Brenda, thanks for the feedback. Before we go, I want to remind you to send in your feedback to the show, 206-666-6364, that's 206-MOON-DOG, or record your feedback and email it to the show. It can be a question or a comment for something someone said on the episode, or it can be a question or a rant you have about something else, an app or product review, good or bad. As long as it's iOS-related, it's welcome. I'm always looking for new artwork to feature that you've created on an iOS device, just put some TII branding on it and send it in. And of course, we are always looking for more music created on an iOS device to play on the show. This is your show, and your feedback is greatly desired and appreciated. If you want to know when new episodes go up, look at the TII app. Not only is it the best way to consume the show, but it's also a great way to get a push message when a new episode goes live or there is other iOS breaking news like the Gridly app being available. Just $2.99 in the App Store. It helps you enjoy the show more and it helps support the show at the same time. And it makes it really easy to email or call into the show with your feedback. Again, just search for TII in the iTunes App Store. And that, folks, is going to do it for us today. Until the next time, I'm your host, Rob, from Today in iOS, reminding you to phone different. This show is hosted on Libsyn.com and part of the Wizard Media Network. If you are looking for hosting, go to Libsyn.com, that's L-I-B-S-Y-N.com, for hosting for your podcast and for creation of your own smartphone app. The Today in iOS podcast can also be found on the free Stitcher radio app. Just search for T-I-I. -I.